Hey, what's up? What's up? Champagne Sharks. This is um, T. Trevor, you can find me on Twitter at Ricky Rawls. R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S. How's it going? Um, quick house cleaning. Go to at Champagne Sharks on Twitter to uh, follow the group account. That's going to be where a lot more um, tweeting happens. There's all of us have access to it. And if you want to talk to like-minded Champagne Sharks fans, go to ChampagneSharks.reddit.com. Not run by us, but run by some pretty cool cats who have a lot of good links on there. Uh, ChampagneSharks at gmail.com to write us and say what's up. And last but not least, definitely not least, actually most important, go to Patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks to get... Uh, access to the whole backlog of episodes that's five dollars a month and you get all the episodes double the new episodes and access to like 70 plus old episodes and we're starting um a newsletter once i can get somebody to show me how to do it so um mm-hmm. patreon allows you to send patrons a newsletter and it's not going to be any added you know price it's not a sec- separate tier it's going to be existing um five dollar patrons you just get an added benefit that you didn't have before. And that should start going out next week. Last thing you get with your $5 a month, access to a voice and chat server uh, on Discord for Champagne Sharks. So without further ado, our uh, co-host, uh, D Mills, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? It's D Mills back from the nether regions. It's been a while, brother. How's everything? Oh, catch me on Twitter at mdmill 79 I almost forgot to plug my, my yeah, Twitter Yeah, account. yeah, man. yeah, man. Uh, everything's yeah. pretty good. I forgot your voice for a second, man. It's right? been a while since I uh, heard you. We had a lot of heavy episodes, and I kind of wanted yeah. to like keep it on a light, on a you know, on a light tone for a while. That seeing slave play, that was like one of the uh, darker parts. I didn't really like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it. I kind of regretted going to see it. Like I, I wasn't too happy about it. And like after the after that, I mean, I was glad I saw it because forever more, um, it would have gone down that you know, oh, anyone who's complained about it didn't see it or you needed to see it. Somebody told me right, they saw right. they saw tweets of mine up on Facebook where somebody was saying like, you know, can you believe this guy is saying this about um slave play and he hasn't seen it? And what was interesting <laughs> is the person who's said that told me that um a friend of theirs who was gay himself mm-hmm. chimed in and said actually people I, i've seen this thing and he's not really uh far off it was just interesting that that was just kind of becoming um though you know what's interesting is i'm pretty sure those people who were defending it uh and highlighting my tweet i'm sure they didn't see it either it was kind of weird how it was okay yeah. to like it without seeing it but uh, to not or, or be happy about it without seeing it, but to use the same reviews and um, interviews and previews to come to the conclusion that it's not for you was somehow uh, closed-minded. I found that interesting. Yeah. You know, now that you brought that up, I am interested to hear the perspective of like gay black men who didn't like that shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, for I sure. That's a, uh, I would like to hear from them, you know, if they're out there somewhere just to uh, see if there's a, uh, you know, a, um, a counter narrative to what was put out there. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And by all means, um, champion sharks at gmail.com. If you want to send that along, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, I heard that you, you know, it was, uh, it was a tough watch and, uh, Obviously, a few people went ahead and went and saw it. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much the same thing that I've heard in some of the circles that I uh, look to online and things like that. Everybody who 
disliked it, disliked it for similar reasons. And, you know, and not only disliked it, but left kind of disturbed by the entire experience. You know, that the fact that people could find it entertaining, you know, uh, seemed to shock the senses of a lot of people. Yeah, the weird thing was the black people who were like cracking up. And one thing that was interesting, right? Um, unfortunately, she kind of disappeared. This woman who first disliked the show, a black mm-hmm. woman. She oh, kind yeah, of disappeared. Yeah, yeah, we were trying to get her on the show and she just kind of ghosted online. Mm. But she put up a picture online of her ticket and everything she described about the show before I saw it came out true. So I know she saw it. I know she exists. Right. And, you know, she put up her ticket stub and it matched the look of the ticket stub that I had. But she mm. just kind of disappeared. And um, one thing that she brought up that's interesting, I saw a lot of black people like, you know, kind of laughing really hard at it. But most of them... Actually, all of them were like there with the uh, white partners. But she said that when she was there, there was a black couple that mm-hmm. was laughing extra hard at all the parts. And that kind of fascinated me. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that, but that kind of fascinated me, you know? Mm. And uh, yeah, th- there was uh, one couple, she got up, uh, the woman got up and uh, she was a white partner in the in the couple. She uh, got up and did standing ovation. And I was like, wow. Oh, wow. And I, I was like, I, I know what they're doing tonight after, <laughs> after the show. <laughs> Go get some some kink going, huh? Yeah, exactly. They're gonna go uh, have like some props and some whips and chains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was that was interesting. A whipping post and all that kind of shit. You know, you coined the term. I I think you're the earliest uh, occurrence I saw. I'll take credit for it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you coined the term uh, "slave play" Twitter, and and I I thought that was pretty funny. There's like. There's a lot of uh, different subgroups of Black Twitter. I feel like Black Twitter, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Like from 2000 mm-hmm. to like 2012, there was like a monolith of Black Twitter and it had all the jokes and it had all this stuff. But once like the Blavities kind of infested the space and there's all this stuff, there's multiple like Black Twitters now. Like Black Twitter doesn't really refer to classic yeah, Black Twitter. You know, definitely uh, become really cliquish. Yeah, and there's like too many subgroups. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the old black Twitter people, they're just kind of turned off by the Shea Butter Feminists and mm-hmm. the Hoteps and all that. And, you know, they kind of like disappeared. But, um, you know, there's, if we can count them all off, how many black Twitters are there now? I mean, oh, this, man. I, I mean, I mean, I, the one you coined was a good one. And that's a very, very good one. Uh, slave play Twitter. That That is a great, uh, uh, term and a lot of times there are people doing like these certain takes and i started searching their name in slave play and it always be like you know yeah <laughs> you know great i did the same thing they they were bigging up the play and uh, yeah everything like that and you know what's interesting to me is that a lot of these people are, are had some real hot takes about you know stuff like the kevin hart situation and uh, homophobia in the community and things like that and i'm thinking to myself wait a minute now you just sat up there it's just, oh, let me re- let me take it back a little bit. Yeah. Talking about referencing Kevin Hart, you know, and the old jokes that he had on Twitter or whatever it was some years back. And uh, they were saying that his jokes causes real harm to homosexual members of the black community. And I'm thinking to myself now, <laughs> this person doesn't see any type of inconsistency in their thought process when they sit up and they, you know, give a raving review to something like slave play, which depicts which minimalizes and trivializes violence that actual slaves faced at the hands of their masters, including rape and sodomy and everything else. And they use it and they satirize it. And that's fine. 
you know, because it's jokes. But then Kevin Hart makes jokes in a similar light. And it's, you know, he can't he should never be able to perform again until he genuflicks and gets on his knees and, you know, goes on an apology tour. It's just- well, well, this is what really kind of annoyed me with that. Right. Um, because I think it's important to add extra context to what exactly they were doing. Mm-hmm. They um for people at home, what they were doing um and it was like members of slave pay Twitter. What they were doing was they were bringing up Kevin Hart's jokes causing harm in specifically response to the guy from Empire being a victim of a MAGA attack by um some people who were it was a homophobic racist attack. I think they they said something about you're the faggot nigger from Empire or something. Right. And um there was a lot of funny business with that. And actually, yeah, yeah. Speaking of like terms like, you know, uh being coined and stuff, like like uh so so this slave pay Twitter, I would say there's uh blue check black Twitter. That that's that's another one. That's broader. There's um there's Shea, Shea Butter, Butter Twitter. The Shea Butter yeah. Twitter. There's a Hotep Twitter, like those are like the conservative Hoteps who kind of use the Hotep name, but they're really just um, black conservatives. Like, right? They're not, they're, you know, they're not probably say that there's like you know conscious uh, black Twitter. There's now like um, the ADOS, the ADOS Twitter. There's Nerd, um, black blur Twitter. Yeah, blur Twitter. Um, and and here's the thing: there's there's a funny group because they're kind of. If there's a Venn diagram, there's like 80% of overlap, but they're not quite the same. But I would call it uh, BuzzFeed Twitter and Blavity Twitter. Like, they're so similar, it's easy to mix them up. But like, if they were a Pokemon, BuzzFeed Twitter is like the evolved form, like, like mm-hmm. the second the second form. And then maybe they become like New York Times Twitter at the Black Twitter at the very end, maybe. Like, you mm-hmm. know, but it's like, I feel like BuzzFeed Twitter is what like a Blavity, a, bu- a BuzzFeed Black a BuzzFeed Black is, I think, what a Blavity Black aspires to be. You know, like uh, <laughs> when they get their first like uh, mainstream job for a white company. So it's like, right, but, right. But their um, their mental ethos is the same. But the BuzzFeed Black has gotten that um, extra level of white acceptance mm. that that okay. the Blavity Black hasn't quite gotten. So they're kind of like really feeling themselves. But I mean, now with all those BuzzFeed layoffs, I think it's probably more going to be, uh, and, and they can overlap because one of the slave play Twitter, uh, guys, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. One of the slave play Twitter, uh, guys is also a part of, um, BuzzFeed black Twitter. Like, like he, he works for BuzzFeed. Oh damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but what was interesting was like they were blaming uh, Kevin Hart and his ten-year-old jokes for these um, red MAGA hat um, guys attacking um, Jesse Smollett from Empire. And what was interesting about it is if they're racist and homophobic, right? Like, why would they be listening to a black guy's ten-year-old jokes to make them homophobic? Like, like right. since this when do racists take cues? From black people, you know, so they kept saying like, "Oh, it's um, it's uh, jokes like yours, Kevin Hart, like like you, like they're trying to blame Kevin Hart and go on all these rants." And Kevin Hart even, um, Kevin Hart even, you know, said gave a shout out to Jesse Smollett and said, "You know, it's messed up what happened to you. I'm sorry." And then they all started pouncing on him, like, you know, fuck you, uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, this guy Ira Madison was like, you know, jumping all over him because now you see why your jokes aren't funny. You know, you create things like this that happen to black queers. And I'm like, right. yeah, I'm sure that these make America great 
hard R N word using types are just like, yo, bro, you hear this, man? Fucking Kevin Hart, man, said some homophobic jokes 10 years ago. I think it's time to go gay bash somebody. Like, you know, like, like, like they're racist. Like, it's really, I'm like, where's all that smoke for like white people? Like, they never have the same energy, like, ever. It ever. never happens. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, the smoke just dissipates and starts choking black people for some reason. Like, it never, it really trips me out. And, you know, it's, and that's not to say that certain jokes, white people, white supremacists do use certain black jokes as cover for their ultimate fuckery, right? Because I remember when Chris, Chris Rock had that, you know, that infamous, you know, black person versus nigga. And then a lot of white races started trying to use that joke as cover for their own fuckery, which they had going on prior to that. Right. Exactly. So me as a black person, knowing the history of everything that happened in this country, why would I look at that joke and hear a white person say, well, I heard Chris Rock say it. And I'm like, well, no, your history goes back a lot further than the shit Chris Rock said. So I don't want to hear that bullshit excuse. You were racist before that. You're just trying to use that as cover. You know what I mean? You know, what's funny. Somebody came at me with um, that, that thing. And we need a name for this uh, phenomenon. This is this type of person, a black person who all they want to do is talk about the black community. So whenever you bring up anything, because with the black community, with the black community, and even right. if you give them proof that the white community does it too, they'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, with the black community, with the black community, like, it's like a <laughs> kind of stuck on stupid thing, like with the black community, with the black community, mm-hmm. with the black, it, like, I don't know what it is. This obsessed with um, focusing on the black community, no matter what. But yeah. uh, somebody was like, the exact example that you did is like, um, hey, um, what about Chris Rock? Like, like racists love that joke and i'm like yeah but when chris rock after that special he had been doing increasingly like you know pro-black or anti um white privilege or anti-racist uh jokes Mm -hmm. and for some reason a lot of those people turned on him like if if it was really about him being able to dictate what they think then his um jokes that you know made white people the butt of it or were like pro-black or called out racism They'd be loving that too, but a lot exactly. of those same conservatives were like, "Oh fuck, Chris Rock, man! Chris Rock used to be good, but you know <laughs> now he's now he's now he's whack." And it's like it's like yeah. so, like like get out of here with that. Like, like use some critical thinking. Like I know you guys just love because I know I love this with a lot of black people. They like being able to show to white people they can be fair, so yeah. they go out of their way to kind of show. It's a whole thing where people defended Obama by saying. Hey, he's not the president of uh, Black America. He's the president of all America. Or there were people talking about Kamala Harris, and they were saying, um, "Oh, do you ever think that maybe?" And somebody seriously said this. He goes, "Do you ever think that maybe, you know, to prove that she wasn't going to go easy on Black people, she had to be extra hard on uh, Black people and lock them up?" And <laughs> that's like a, a, a valid uh, motivation in their head. They, they actually think that being extra hard on Black people and not cutting themselves a break. Um, proof that they're like enlightened. And I think maybe what they, they either must think one of two things. They either must think that white people are already that way, which is mm-hmm. a laugh, or they think that if they do it enough times, white people will be like, well, maybe we'll stop giving our own special treatment because we've seen enough of them show that, you know, they don't do it uh, themselves. Like, but for whatever reason, I, I just, I just noticed that um, motivation of always trying to show that I'm not afraid to call out black people. That's a black person. Yeah. Yeah. You see that. You see that um, play out in a number of of, um, areas in life, too, man. Sometimes I notice like or maybe it it could be just me and, you know, and a little bit of confirmation bias. But I always have, uh, 
see that play out in like the workplace where you get a black supervisor or a manager or whatever. And then they're, they, you know, you feel like, like or they feel like they have to go extra hard on the black part, people that work there just to prove that they're not uh, favoring their race and things like that. So you kind of oh, yeah. see a little bit of that play out in, in reality, whether or not that's what's actually going through their mind. I don't know. You know, I can't say, but that's my conjecture. You know, I think that. Yeah, there's uh, some black co-workers. Oh, my God. There's some black co-workers who, you know, not to do anything around them. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get that snitch energy like i'm gonna run right back to uh i used to have this black uh co-worker right mm. she would have this thing where she would always start inappropriate conversations with me at work mm. about things right and try to mm. entrap me into, into stuff but to give an example oh. she'd be like i started special it was about black men going to brazil and you know having sex with all these prostitutes and all this stuff I'd be thinking to myself, why are you always bringing this stuff up at work? I don't get it. Right? <laughs> and it should, should always be like talking about stuff. And then and then she's like, you know, would you ever go to Brazil? And I'm like, yeah, we'll go to Brazil. Right. And then she, uh-huh. would, she would she would be like, oh, you know, she so didn't go like have sex with all those prostitutes. I'm like, first of all, that's really kind of close minded and like terrible to reduce a whole country to just prostitutes. Sex with prostitutes. Right. Like like. This country is a whole history. I believe it's the place with the largest black population outside of Africa. Yep. It's got a huge history. I think it abolished slavery even after America. Like, like there's so much, like, you're so close-minded. Your mind doesn't go beyond Essence articles and what the black men are going to sleep with. Um, you know, so then I was like, um, you know, like, there's a whole culture there. Like, how would you feel if somebody said, uh, I'm going to go visit uh America, because, you know, I heard the fried chicken and, and weed is really good in the black community. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I, like, I want to learn more about black people. Like, like, like that's a very, uh, yeah. you know, she goes, yeah, but, you know, you're not going to be doing all this process. So I heard that they go, they go like real cheap and stuff. And it's, and it's, and it's what? like, well, she's like, yeah, she's like, I heard they go like uh, real, real cheap. And I was like, first off, like, you know. Just because it's cheap doesn't mean that all guys want to have sex with a prostitute. Because if anything, right. there's, there's valid reasons not to have sex with prostitutes sex, sex, yeah. th- 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 that are too cheap. Because then you're like, okay, they have to have... And this this was my mistake because I got into a pedantic uh, argument with her. Because she was saying all guys would go for a cheap prostitute. And instead of just stopping the conversation, because I was young at the time. I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of like reasons why... Uh, a cheap prostitute would actually be a deterrent to a guy like you know because you would think okay that means that having like a lot of sex to make ends meet uh that means that uh they could be having sex with uh anybody because anybody can can afford it like it -hmm. would be like a lot um riskier but i wasn't like advocating or sex work or shaming sex work or it was just a value neutral thing where i was just kind of debunking her idea that just men will just sleep with um anything that's just cheap like there's some guys who are like that some men who are into into that stuff they'll go and have sex with like three thousand dollar prostitutes and Mm. you know in their mind they're thinking that they're doing something safe like oh you know she doesn't have to work that much it's safer like like Mm -hmm. this is whole thing besides your simplistic view of first uh brazilians and second like just just men and then third like uh you know black men but what i said is like at the end of the day oh i wouldn't um i wouldn't uh i said i would go to brazil i would not you know go for sex work i would go because i want to see the culture i want to see uh the favelas and the high-end parts and the middle parts and 
the historical parts and the slavery areas. You know, like I'll just give you all this stuff. I, I want to see the samba, the, right. the samba, you know, and 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 then um, you know, I said all that, and I just said like, I don't think it's fair. Okay, yeah, this is how it came up about you know anybody who goes goes for prostitution. That's when I brought up that a lot of people might actually be deterred by the prostitution uh, for whatever reasons. Besides the moral reasons, like even practical reasons, you know, and, and that's right. all that. And then we had like white coworkers around, including like more senior people. And then, you know, we we're talking and then she'd be like, yeah, but you know, uh, T, T uh, said the uh, only thing that would stop him from, you know, messing prostitutes is the price. And I was like, oh, what? wow. Are you serious? Yeah. What the fuck? And then, like, they were looking at her and looking at me, and she's, like, laughing. And I told her later, I was like, yo, that's not fucking cool. Like, not at all. But but she had done little slick shit like that before. But she would always do it around, Mm. always, right? Mm, And mm, she would always ask political questions and all this stuff, or sexual questions. And then when there's white people around, she would always in conversation, like, throw me under the bus but that was the most egregious one because after that one i was like you're you're escalating i don't know where you're gonna go next right you know? right, right. But, so it's best for me not to even really chop it up with you about yeah i'm not fucking yeah. with you anymore i'm yeah. not fucking i'm not fucking with you yeah that, like, that kind like, of shit's like, not funny yeah that's not funny at all man yeah it's very uh nefarious and but you yeah. know what's weird with her she um she had a black husband like mm-hmm. i would expect it with you know that type that doesn't date black man doesn't like black men but she had a black husband. She was from the south, and like I'm like that's that's like weird to me. Like that, I didn't see it coming uh, from her. She wasn't one of those people that was trying super hard to. Like she wasn't one of those blavities or septum ring, um, natural hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like using the term bedwench because it's controversial. Like I wish it was a less pejorative sounding term for the phenomenon. But mm-hmm. but but you know the type I'm talking about. Like she wasn't that at all. She was right. a down south, married to a black man. So I'm like, why is she? Why is she doing this? Like, I think that poison is deep in us. Like that. Mm. That poison is deep, man. Yeah, I know. Especially when someone sits in like a gatekeeper position. You know what I mean? It's like they. Yeah, they, especially in the gatekeeper position. But yeah. she wasn't in the gatekeeper position. Really, mm. we had the same position. But I think a lot of times uh, people designate themselves um, the gatekeeper or the aspiring gatekeeper. They kind of right. almost. She's like, I think she's auditioning for gatekeeper. Does she have seniority? Up? Was she employed before you? Did you guys get nope. there around? We the were same hired time? at the same. We were hired at the same time at mm. the same job. Yeah, because I know sometimes you get around some people like when there's one black person that's in the group of whites, and then the next black person comes on board, and they do all kind of fuck shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, but you know what? She's one of those people. She would laugh way too hard around around white people. Like she's mm. one of those types. Like like when. <laughs> white people making jokes she would just be laughing like way too hard i'm like yeah, busting a gut huh? yeah 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 she would always be all smiling in their face and just she, she was always uh very happy white people yeah yeah she was yeah some, soft, some soft shoe cooning soft soft cooning yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was soft it was soft cooning but mm-hmm. you know to go back to um that thing with the uh slave play twitter guys what was interesting was right um Liam Neeson came out the, the next week. Yeah, it's and, just been um, a nonstop barrage of fuckery the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's kind of fucked up because I feel like, because um, we kind of fell behind for various reasons. You had a new job and, you know, yeah. there's uh, different things, you know, different situations and I had some stuff going on on um, my end that kind of made me fall behind. But um, it's like, I feel like if we don't 
do this stuff faster, man. It accumulates. It's like a snowball. Like, right. Th- th- this has been a nonstop barrage of fuckery, like more than usual. Like, we haven't even talked about R. Kelly. That's all. Like, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about R. Kelly would be like, it would feel retro now. Like, that was, yeah. oh, that was four, that was three weeks ago. We're on to the next thing now. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Between that and Kamala Harris and, you know, Cory Booker and all this other shit, you know, just, the funny Man. thing with that, the funny thing with that Liam Neeson thing, right? With the Liam Neeson thing, I'm like, okay, this just was said a couple of days ago. It's right. very recent, and this ties in more directly to the Jesse Smollett attack. Like, like you know, because this is a white guy who's just looking for a black guy to kill. That was um, and admitted it on ca- on you know yeah, on yeah. camera or whatever it was. Yeah, he- yeah, yeah. Admitted it was okay with the idea of like one black person. Like we're all just one giant nigger. Like one black person, you know, has the right to um, one black person is a standing for any other black person. And you can mm-hmm. any gripe you have, like all this stuff, and all the same members of Slave Play Twitter who nonstop about Kevin Hart had like nothing to say. It was like it was like what the. What the fuck? Like, they and some members of it lamented the fact that he said it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we gotta cancel him, but damn, you know, I really don't want to. Yeah, know, yeah. Energy. Like, what the fuck is that, man? Like, yeah, and it's like, um, one guy, Ira Madison, he had nothing to say but a joke. He just made like a joke about uh Liam Neeson. Like, I, I didn't get the joke to be um to be honest. It was a, it was um maybe I could find it, but um. Yeah, it was it was really it was really weird. Like um when um yeah, they, they had like they had like no problem. It, they had no problem uh getting over it um pretty fast. Yeah, I know. It's just one of those things, man, where um you know, we held we hold each other to these super high standards, man. So one slip up of the tongue, man, and it's you know, you're indebted for life. You know, you gotta you gotta spend the rest of your days on earth apologizing for it and everything like that. But then, you know, someone like that can just admit that they wanted to kill some black people. Not the person that did the crime, right? Not let me find the guy who did that to you. You know, it was, you know, the first black person that I see, let me start some shit with him on purpose so I could beat him up, so I can bludgeon them to death. And uh, they had no smoke for the dude, man. It was, you know. This made funny. into like a big, this made into like a big joke. I couldn't, um, I couldn't believe it. There, there, there was uh, one guy, his name was um, Saeed, Saeed Jones. Um, in his, in his thing, let me see if I, let me see if I find it. Um, yeah, he's a part of Slave Play Twitter as well. Yeah, he's definitely part of he's definitely part of Slave Play Twitter. As in, like you know, this is not just something that we're just throwing on people. Like all these people that we call uh, members of Slave Play Twitter, we searched their Twitter handles with the term Slave Play, and they were on Twitter just gushing about how great um you know Slave Play was. All right, here we go. The only thing shorter than Kevin Hart is his integrity. I have no respect for him, which is why I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about him, but my hand has been forced. Uh, Trans people are dying in ICE custody at the border. Uh, Kids are homeless because they are being kicked out of their homes. There are still many states in this country where children are forced into conversion therapy because of parents like you, who probably love your shows and your whack-ass, ashy-ass, homophobic-ass tweets, uh, don't respect their children's humanity. So it may be a joke to you, 
you, but it's certainly not a joke to a lot of people, Kevin Hart. And you can delete all the tweets you want, but the fact is you are who you are, which is a disappointment, a toxicity, and I hope you get the help you need because you are a parent and your children okay, deserve now, now better. Okay, now click the, the link in uh, number two, the, the second link. There are a lot of you already talking about So this story just hit the timeline and a lot of you are already talking about it. Liam Neeson uh, did an interview with The Independent okay. uh, because he's out prom promoting a new movie. You know, Liam Neeson, we love him. You know, he's great, everything. Uh, this is one of the things he says in this interview. Liam Neeson has revealed that he considered carrying out a racist murder years ago after someone close to him was allegedly raped by a black man. What? And uh, say <laughs> just walked out the set. Like, like, hey, you, you see this yet? And I just want to see that this is a screenshot of a, a, another part of the article. His co-star Tom Bateman sitting behind him, beside him during the interview, can be heard saying, "Holy shit, what is going on? What do we just need to have like?" Like the like the the Aquarius Aquarius season and the Aquarius season is not supposed to be like this. I just like do we need to have something like the purge where they're just like, all right, white people, y'all got one day, twenty four hours. Come on, all the, all the skeletons. Show right? us your yearbook photos. Skeletons. Tell us, like what? Is it's just it's crazy. Mm. Well, he got a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, like Liam Neeson was targeting straight black men. And it's just, I mean, he, this thing he even started off with, yeah, we love him. <laughs> like, <laughs> he did. He said, yeah, Liam Neeson, you know we love him. I'm like, this dude just talked about carrying out a uh, attack on straight black men. Right. Uh, and it's like, you're just having a field day laughing at it. Like, like it's like, he's critiquing it, but as like, you know, something like just fun. Like, like he even... Well, it's even worse because he, me and Lisa didn't even specify straight black men. He just said the first black man that he saw, basically. Yeah, <laughs> so it could have yeah. been a gay black dude. It could have been uh, any uh, black. Um, he said, he said um, the first black man he saw, but I feel like if the guy was overtly gay, he uh, wouldn't have done it because he would have been thinking about like uh, a specific type of um, rapist uh, and white women type mm -hmm. of. A specific yeah, like, stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. he, he's doing it in revenge for like a white woman that was raped. So mm -hmm. like if it was a gay guy who didn't scream out that he was gay in his body language and demeanor, like, I think he would have been endangered. But the fact that the fact remains that the, he was looking whether gay people are at risk or not, he was looking for a straight black man to uh, kill. So it's, for him, it's just like comedic. It's like and that's something that I was trying to uh, talk about recently in the timeline, and I lost like a lot of followers over it. But it's it's oh true. no shit, what was this? All what, 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 well, I lost a lot of followers because I said like I coined this term and I called it on um, compound blacks, and a compound black is any black person who is very big into saying you know I'm black and like I'm black and an immigrant. I'm a right. black Christian. I'm a black Muslim. I'm a black conservative. I'm a black Democrat. You know, so somebody that makes a big deal about having a second identity that they can't choose over their blackness. So um, it's not that you are a black Christian or that you are a black immigrant or you are uh, a black uh, ADOS or you're a black democratic. That alone is enough. It's how you behave, how you have those two identities, how you uh, treat them. You know, we had a recent right. example of that lady who said, you know, I'm a Christian before I'm a you know, black and, you know, right. I was saying like a lot of these, uh, like there's a lot of like LGBTQ, uh, black people who are like writers, like for the cause, like a James Baldwin or whatever, like, you know, but then there's this like, um, other type that is like basically like the slave pay Twitter guys who are like, 
they might say they can't choose, but they kind of always show that they do choose by how they have different energy for stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. which is like fine. Like my thing is you're not obligated to be black first. You're not obligated to even wait or two equally. You know, if you want to kind of get on the winning team, because you know, I get it. Like black is like a sinking ship. Black is the uh right. the proven uh, loser of uh identity politics. Like everything else uh has kind of skipped the line on us, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, that's fine. But just be honest about it. Like, like they always got to do this whole thing. A lot of intersectionals do this. Like, you know, you should know, like, I'm black and a woman, or I'm black and queer, you know? And I can't choose both, you know? And it's like, no, <laughs> right, bullshit. Right. bullshit. You do it all the time. Like, exactly. just be real about it. Like, you know, you have a right to choose. I, I, don't, I don't have a gun to your head. I can't make you be black first or whatever. But, you know, if you're not... But you're not even black equal. You're... what. You're trying to get off a sinking ship, you know? You're trying yeah. to hop on another wave and hope that you get carried out of the quicksand that is being black, you know? And Yeah. But just just be real about it so we know how to deal with you. Like, you know, and uh like for example, with the Empire thing, right? Mm-hmm. There were people who were calling it like a racist attack. And they were all going in on people. They were saying stuff like, Oh, you know, how dare you erase the homophobic aspect of it? Like, uh, or, you know, some people weren't, you know, we were saying it was more because he was, um, you know, gay. They're like, he was called like a nigger and a faggot. And how dare you um, do that? So they were lecturing black people all day who just did racist and didn't say homophobic, right? And then what was funny was the article, the article that they were linking to, like all these people, I was going on the timelines, right? And I was looking, and the article's from TMZ. The TMZ article, right? Let me see if I can find the original um, headline. Yeah, but, we seem to only be the ones that have to qualify our, our blackness with other stuff. You know, it's always fascinating oh, to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. This is what it says. This is the headline that they put. And they were all using the same article. It says, okay. Empire star Jesse Smollett attacked by homophobic MAGA supporters. No mention of racist. Right, exactly. And then some people might say, oh, that's just a headline. But, you know, if you go through the whole thing, all they do is just talk about the homophobia. Right, and they downplay the racist aspect of the attack. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and they did it more than once. Because that TMZ Live, and they said that. Then they had another article, the print one, and that one said, Empire star Jesse Smollett beaten in homophobic attack by MAGA supporters. Um, so they had multiple headlines all saying like, you know, the same thing. And the whole thing is like, okay, y'all have tweeted this article all day long and y'all didn't even notice that they erased the racist out of it, but y'all are going in and attacking any black person that says it's a racist attack, but forgets to mention the homophobic. So if you guys weigh both these things equally, then what y'all need to do is also start attacking, um, start attacking, um, TMZ and TMZ is run by a white gay guy. He's run. It's um the guy's name is Harry something. I think Harry Levin, mm-hmm. and he's a Trump supporter. So if anything, yeah. this guy is if I think Harvey Levin is a lifelong Republican, right? Maybe if I'm but, not mistaken. Yeah. Whether he is or not, he's definitely a Trump supporter. He is yep. very uh, make America great again. He's honest about it. So I'm like, okay, this guy has more overlap than Kevin Hart with these attackers, and he's and. He's erasing something that you're saying is that you can't choose between that, you know, is weighed equally. So where's all the smoke for um, Harvey Levin? And even after I pointed that out, they just started attacking me, you know? And then that's where I lost a lot of followers. And I'm like, look, this is not anything that has anything to disparage 
whatever your second identity is, whether you're a feminist, whether you're a LGBTQ, whether you're an immigrant, whether you're um, a Republican or Democrat. But if you're a compound black, you know, just be honest that you weigh the other things more like like, you know, that's it. But also this guy's white, uh, the head of TMZ, and he's a mega supporter, way more overlapped with the attackers. So his his language is um, very damaging. The um, Liam Neeson, that that Ira guy, his only mention of um, Liam Neeson. I mean, he had been going days and days on end, nonstop, with Kevin Hart stuff and blaming him for the Jesse Smollett thing. After Liam Neeson came out, all he did was make a joke. I didn't get the joke. The joke said Liam Ben Neeson. <laughs> okay. It, right that makes no sense all you have to say mm. and and it's like okay if you're so mad at kevin hart's words from 10 years ago inspiring uh you know attacks like what happened to jesse smollett then how is this guy admitting to personally actively looking for black people to kill just for being black how is you not ranting and raving about Liam Neeson the same way. He just talked about it a couple days ago. This is not a 10-year-old joke. And the first thing was jokes. This is guys like that's there's no joke here. This is dead serious. Yeah, he's dead serious. He was he dead was, serious. Yeah. 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 It, it, what his intent was and and um you know. But it, you know, it's always a, a um a thing with with black people that are in a position in a in a white dominated media house, right? So I think was this guy work for BuzzFeed? I forget. I mean, something. Uh, uh, I think he remember for New York Magazine. He has a he has a podcast on Crooked Media, I think, um, which is like one of those big media yeah. uh, cor- corporate corporate podcasts. He has one of those corporate podcasts. White people really love him. He's um right, so he's very popular with white people, and and, and he, he's written for a lot of he's written a lot of bylines. Yeah, so when they when they, when you have that dynamic, man, a lot of times people feel it necessary to come down extra hard on like we just talked about earlier on black people right to keep that that particular they know where their bread is buttered and they want to keep a certain amount of um goodwill with their benefactor man you know and so they're gonna come extra hard after black people extra hard after straight black men because let's face it straight black men no matter their stature no matter how much money they have or how much fame they have they're a pretty easy target to to go after um, especially in the media, especially if you, you know, you have if you're a member of a of a protected class, you know, like um, like gay men and everything like that. And if he says something disparaging about gay people back in the day, you know, that's an easy target. You know, you throw in the whole black homophobia and that that whole stereotype about the black community is homophobic. You know, I heard somebody say that the other day and I was actually kind of surprised. Um, Trey D, the rapper, the, lump, the dude from Long Beach. He wow, actually really? said, yeah, he actually said that, like, you know, it's a lot of homophobia in the black community. I'm like, well, wait a goddamn minute now. Ain't nobody in the black community passing no damn laws. We haven't written any laws. We ain't throwing nobody in jail. We ain't killing people because they're gay. Where, where, where is this bullshit coming from? And why do we feel the need to have to repeat these talking points all the time? Like all the chastisement always goes to black people for homophobia, like as if we're the ones that perpetuate the shit and keep it going like what like white people are just enlightened and they've moved above and beyond that label and it's just these pesky blacks particularly black males that are holding us back from reaching this greater level of enlightenment what the fuck is that what i would say is like 
if you would just for like class, education level and religiosity, I think, you know, if you take like um, two, like a black person, and a white person of equal like religiosity, like a white Christian guy, like a white Christian church, you're not going to really see like blatantly gay, the choir directors or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's right. kind of like that person's going to have to be very well closeted, you know, whereas like mm-hmm. if you go to like a black church, there's some people who are clearly whether they're saying it or not, like you clearly can totally out. Gay. Yeah, right. yeah. They're clearly gay. And people just either, you know, don't talk about it or just pretend not to notice, you know, as long as you're not bothering anybody or doing anything like like right. it's like very it's like very tolerant. Like, like you can't compare like a black religious person with like a white professor in uh Cambridge or something. Like, you know, it's not it's not it's not the same thing, but if you were to look at middle class, like, you know, black people or like upper middle class black people or like educated black people, like you see with blavity blacks all the time or just whatever, like way cool with um people being gay. Like, right. You might point out that there's uh, more religious black people per capita or more poor black people per capita. But I still think if you look at people within their environments and look at the corresponding white people. Like if you go to like a blue collar or white trash area and look at the homophobia there, like, you know, uh, it's like, you go to like working class part, like South Boston. And it's like, right. Yeah. They are not, you know, they are like way hard. Like I've seen, I've seen like, uh, trans people in the hood, like walk by unmolested. Like, you know, nobody looks twice. Yeah. Or they look twice, but they'll be like, Oh, that's something. And then they just like move on. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's not quite, but I mean, it's neither here nor there. That's, but well, this is what's people interesting. are human. People are human. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we're, we're going to be fallible. We're going to have criminals, convicts, connivers, liars, homophobes, everything else in our community, just like every other community has it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just speaking more towards the idea that all this homophobia just germinates in the black community and everywhere else is this sterile environment that you know, accepts homosexuals for who they are, but just ah, those damn blacks, man, we just got to get them over their homophobia. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. I totally, know what, well I totally know what you're saying. I just wanted to add on that extra part, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think you. what you're saying, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. That mm-hmm. when you get into the power to actually oppress people, then that really, um, I think if anything, that's actually a stronger point than, uh, mine. I just know that nowadays so many people get caught up on the interpersonal, Rather than the structural and that's true, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so even, I just want to, yeah, even black people do that. You're right, even y- yeah, with, yeah. With regard to racism, yeah. So I yeah. kind of wanted to point out that in addition to your structural part, uh, interpersonally, if you you know compare apples and apples, not apples and oranges, uh, it's no different than people, anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not I, exceptionally homophobic. I mean, that I take it. I take exception to that. That's what I'm saying, man. Like we, just, yeah, you know, um, the Ed Buck thing, um. Uh, I think it's important too because did you see that clip of um, the racism in West Hollywood like like the gay racism because 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 th- this was one of the thing that lost me a lot of followers was that I was saying that um, these people these are uh, compound these compound blacks like to, to give an example the the compound blacks in uh, in slave play Twitter they do not call out um, gay gay racism with the same ferocity that they do with um, black homophobia like for example if black homophobia was the subject of a play it would not have the same tone as slave play like you know like um sexual racism 
uh, gay or straight is something that's like a lifestyle thing that just needs um, to be tweaked, like an etiquette lesson. Like, you know, it's something that can comedy can be made out of. It's not treated as like a structural thing, a tool of oppression. Like, you know, like the whole history of um, sexual terrorism as a form of active oppression, that's kind of downplayed and made into comedic fodder in our slave play. But black homophobia is treated like a, this is what, this is what I would call it. There's this thing that I started calling the systemic interpersonal hustle and what the systemic interpersonal hustle is. And I feel like a lot of compound blacks do this is treat black people like they have systemic power and they treat white people like the worst they can do to them is interpersonal. When the truth is the actual opposite, like uh, reverse racism, the most black people can do is just name call you or do interpersonal violence against you. They can't actually like, you know, enact laws to cause like, you know, make reverse racism a structural thing. Same right. with black, same, yeah, same with um, black homophobia. Like, like uh, when a white person is homophobic, they can actually enact and they have enacted like laws, made things illegal, done all this stuff. Whereas when a black person can do it, it's just um, interpersonal stuff. Like, like you know, they'll call you like uh, a homophobic slur or they'll um, maybe like physically like, you know, attack or attack or murder you, which is, you know, not mm-hmm. right. But it's horrible. It's, inter- it's horrible, but it's interpersonal right. and they don't have any power to protect themselves from punishment. Like when the police come for them, they have no structural power to get off uh, for it. But what uh, these people will do is they'll go at Kevin Hart acting like he's creating this um, this uh, sanctioned oppression against like gay people with his jokes. But then when it's time to talk about um, white gay people with their racism, like, like when it's time to talk about black homophobia, it's treated as in like black people are just like running the world. And I think it's part of where straight black men are the white people of black people comes from. That that nonsense of pretending that like like uh, straight black men are have some kind of institutional power in the black community uh, and are like running it and stuff. But then when it's time to call out um, gay racism, which you know is um, rampant in that community, yeah, and which according to a intersectional analysis should be equally a concern. You know, if your identities are equal and intersect, they act like gay racism is nothing more than dating apps, like. If you Google gay racism, it's just nothing but, you know, uh, uh, sexual racism is still racism or uh, racial preferences and sex is not just a preference. It's racism, man. Right. You know, no, it, that it, whole no chocolate, no rice shit. Yeah, yeah that, that's all they talk about. Like, right. you know, like, like, uh, meanwhile, with Ed Buck, like Ed Buck is showing that gay racism, like, it's reminding you that white supremacy is a part of uh, gay racism. This guy is using his power. For people who don't know, Ed Buck is somebody who's been found with two dead black people in his home, too. He targets gay black men. And we're going to do a larger episode on him, but he targets um, gay black men and gets them hooked on drugs. Like, uh, some of them are not actually already on drugs. He hooks them on drugs and uh, keeps making them slam these... Um, these cocktails of different drugs yeah. and chemicals and shit. Yeah, and then uh, targets like, you know, them because they're black, disadvantaged and whatever. And he's a white gay man. He uses them for like sex and and uh, uses like uh, them for like that type of like race play. Like, like he does a lot of like uh, racial slurs and race play in his um, targeting of them and stuff. And because he's a major Democratic donor and he's well situated, he's um, 
gets away with a lot of stuff. And, you know, a lot of Democrats won't call him out because he's a big Democratic donor. The community in West Hollywood of gay white people are not calling him out. And they're even going as far as heckling the black uh, protesters, a mix of uh, straight and gay black protesters. And there was a video. Oh, no, that I didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And let me see if I can find you. Um, let me see if I can find you a clip because it's pretty it's pretty interesting they had they had um they had videos of um people okay hold on this is one video saw protesters and residents exchange words after a second black man is found dead side apartment of ed buck and i'll put that in the show notes i'll put that one in the show notes but i just put a i just put a link uh to it there and you can see in their faces, they're all uh, kind of laughing at the protesters and kind of, you know, just being really like, like, then there's um another thing where they were straight up, the gay people were straight up calling the protesters niggers. Oh, shit. No, I didn't. This, this, is, on, this is on camera? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's on camera. You should not want him living here. No more peace. No more peace. No more peace. No more Because you're because a white you woman who don't understand the struggles of black African-American men and women who are living in this country. So I, I suggest that you stay in your place and hold that and microphone hold that and let us talk. Hold your tongue because you don't, you don't know and you don't, you don't understand what you're talking about. No more white about. conversation. This is a black That's conversation. Black boys are dying here. Black boys are dying here. Ain't nothing helping. Did somebody else die today? So nothing's helping. Little Debbie, nothing's happening. A black boy died today, so nothing's working. But no, get in your van. Did you hear what you said? Did you just hear what the fuck you said? Did you hear what you said? That this isn't about race. If there was a white man or a white woman who died in his house, people would be up in an uprising, up in an uproar about the situation. People in power that look like him does this. Put the camera on Debbie, who makes him feel comfortable. He feels comfortable because people like her. People like her. Somebody's dead. Somebody's dead. Black lives, we matter. It seems like they've been very quiet about the whole Ed Buck situation. I do know that. Like it, it has been very little attention paid to it in the media. It's been people, ironically, it's been people accused of being, uh, you know, toxic masculine, uh, misogynists and homophobes that have kind of been trying to keep that thing going. I'm going to find this other um, clip, but this is what was funny, right? Was um, what I was saying is like, I was looking at all the people who are calling out Kevin Hart, right? Um, and 
like they had like minimal tweets about Ed Buck. Like I think um I think what's his name? I think um I think that guy Saeed Jones had like two tweets about like Ed Buck. At least he had those, but his tweets on um Kevin Hart were like nonstop. He's talking about him like very harshly on the um you know that video that we played earlier, and he keeps re re quote tweeting on uh, Kevin Hart to like you know dunk on him and like sick people on him and stuff. And then with that guy Ira wasn't talking about Ed Buck at all, but he only had two tweets about Ed Buck, right? And do you know you would not believe what one of the tweets was? Do I even want to know? Um, Go ahead. <laughs> he only had two tweets for Ed Buck, and these these were the two tweets were one was amidst this Ed Buck situation. Let's not forget that the mayor of West Hollywood, John Duran, cost the city $5,000 in settlement money for sexual misconduct. It's like, wait a minute. This guy fucking killed two black people and almost killed how many more? Because there's survivors who talk about what he's done and he's scot-free. Why the fuck are you talking about this sexual harassment settlement money? Like, this is a fucking murderer, a serial killer, like a nude school Jeffrey Dahmer targeting a... Gay black gay people black because, man, they're, yeah. because they're black. And that's the only thing you have to say. Here's the second thing, right? There's this woman named, uh, she's an LGBTQ activist. Her name is Jasmine Kanick, and she's been going crazy with this Ed Buck thing, rightfully so. Uh, she's, she's queer herself. Okay. And she's trying to get people to talk about this. And God bless her. She is um, not letting up. She is like um, beating on them about this. And the, anyone who will listen, she'll give an interview. Okay. About it. And this is this is what she um tweeted. She said, checking in. Have the same folks who went after Kevin Hart joined the call to arrest Ed Buck after a second black man was found dead in his apartment Mm-mm. asking for a friend. So Uh-oh. she's an example of a black queer person who is truly either, you know, weighing both identities equally or, you know, is um whatever. Like she is the true statement of, you know, she's the true expression of that statement. And then Ira Madison responds to her. And this is what he has to say. Mind you, this is only after tweet about Ed Buck. It's the day after yesterday's, which is, hey, uh, Mr. Ed Buck, don't forget that the sexual harassment claim, right? This is what his response to her. His second tweet about Ed Buck and only tweet. Thank you for your work for justice for, for Gemmo, which is one of the people who was killed by uh, Ed Buck. But an odd statement to make when Kevin Hart's homophobic remarks are hurtful to black queer people who are also Ed Buck's victims. Mm, mm, mm. So he just his he responded to her claim just to, just to equate Kevin Hart wow. to Ed Buck. That that's that's his only way in. He didn't say you know. So all he had to say about Ed Buck was that don't forget Kevin Hart's is bad. He's actually lecturing another as bad as Ed Buck. Yes, he's lecturing another black woman for his right to equate Kevin Hart with Ed Buck. Not to add on to outrage about Ed Buck. Like, like, let me read that again, because... Yeah, I, I was just going to... You read my mind. I was just going to say, read that shit again. That yeah, yeah, just... because I want it to really sink in, right? I'm going to read them both again. Jasmine, again, a black queer woman. have Checking in, have the same folks who went after Kevin Hart join the call to arrest Ed Buck after a second black man was found dead in his apartment, asking for a friend. I- Ira, thank you for your work for justice for Gemmo, one of the victims. But an odd statement to make when Kevin Hart's homophobic remarks are hurtful to black queer people 
who are also Ed Buck's victims. Like, what the fuck is he talking? Like, <laughs> you put all of this together, and it's clear you value being gay over being black. That's your team. That's your salvation. Absolutely cool. Just but what I want is stop elevating these people to be spokespeople for black people, because that's my problem. The mainstream media and themselves, they like using dead straight black men as a uh, stepping stone to become like, you know, spokespersons for black people. And then as soon as they get attention, they divert. Yeah, it never fails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't use us. Just just, you know, be that like. But they but this is the problem. This is what's hypocritical about them. They know the gay media is not. You know, like um, a lot of these um, gay-oriented sites, um, including you know, like like these white-owned ones, are not going to let them be the face of the gay movement or the leaders of the gay movement. All they can be is like you know, a token or a mascot there, or an mm-hmm. exception, like you know, one exceptional you know, gay black guy. But the black media will allow them to be the majority of you know, the face, the voice. So like you know. That same gay racism, that same gay racism that they're afraid to call out is also the same gay racism that forces them to use the black media as their come up. Like, you know, they, right. they know that this this they're not going to get the mainstream media is not going to point them as, you know, leading gay voices and gay media, uh, you know, like out and advocate are not going to make them like the leading um, gay voices. They can only yeah. be two things. They can either be the spokesperson for all black people or sometimes the spokespeople for gay black people. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? I like, understand uh, perfectly. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's my thing. I just want the, the reason why I want these people exposed is because I want them to lose credibility speaking for all black people because they don't care if this guy, if the, if the other guy is able to treat Liam Neeson, like just a giant, like, you know, joke, he, he's on the panel with the white guy and they're both just laughing at straight black men dying. Like, you know, like it's just a big joke and they're treating like Kevin Hart's actual jokes. It's the same thing as that, you know, laughing at, you know, I say like, you know, we laugh at serious things and we joke. Joke about. So, so, so we joke about serious things and we're serious about jokes. Silly like, things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neely Fuller says that about black people. It's like the same thing with these guys. He's treating Kevin Hart's jokes like they're dead serious. And right. it's the same thing with that, that, that structural, interpersonal, you know, um, hustle. Like, He's treating Kevin Hart's jokes like they're serious, and he's treating the interpersonal aspect of them like they're structural. But then Liam Neeson, who is, you know, benefits from white supremacy and privilege and who is part of like the structure, he's acting like it's that serious thing that he wants to do, which is kill somebody, is a joke. And he's right. acting like his structural privilege that allows him to uh, feel like he can get away with that is just some kind of interpersonal thing. Like yeah. it's... um. The last thing I want to say, and then I'll um, give it over to you, is one of the things that um, was happening was there was a lot of white people who were kind of coming to me and making excuses for um, Liam Neeson. And it was kind of scary because they kept saying stuff like, well, you know, but he apologized. He learned the error of his ways. And what I was going to say is like, if there was a, God forbid he was black, even if he was white, but if he was black, it would have been even worse. Picture like a black guy. Who was saying because something fucked up that a white woman did to somebody he loved, mm-hmm. he was going around town, you know, looking for a white woman to piss him off. 
and he was going to do violence to her, maybe um, rape her or um, kill her or beat her as revenge, you know, for what a whole unrelated white woman did to um, his friend. But then he said, um, but you know what? After a week, not a day, not in the moment, after a solid week of going out <laughs> and looking for a victim, right. I realized, you know, revenge is wrong. Not that it's wrong to blame all women. Look at all women as just one giant uh, bitch that needs to be <laughs> handled. Like, like, you know, that's not wrong. Just looking for revenge is wrong. So, so by right. saying looking for revenge, you're saying that you still in your heart think that one. Not your racist attitude. Just yeah, the fact yeah. That you wanted some vengeance. Yeah, the vengeance is wrong. Not the idea of looking at it as vengeance is, mm. is wrong. Like you know, because that, that's where the racism comes from. The idea that one can answer from yeah. But since someone said that about uh, women, do you think any feminist or name feminist women would be like, wow, he deserves a medal for not raping a woman, like, no. or not killing a woman? <laughs> no. You wouldn't even be able to say that. Like you know, you wouldn't be able to exactly. say that. You would look right. like a fucking misogynist just even opening your mouth to say something so stupid like you know like yeah. uh like trying to say somebody deserves kudos because you no know, but he learned from it because he's not you know <laughs> raping you know he, he just thought about it for a week but i'm actually he, picturing yeah yeah and and you would look like i'm a actually fucking, picturing with that fucking apology with, with oh that conversation God. with little you Ivy. would look like a fucking nut you would be canceled <laughs> you know just for even saying that that is a brilliant analogy that i'm clapping that is it because you know what you just did for me yeah you actually put it in terms that make it that that really demonstrates the absurdity of what he said and then people's reaction to it that that is a perfect analogy and it did the trick like but isn't it scary but isn't it scary it's scary yeah isn't scary even us as black people have to imagine the person to not be black to fully inject inject the humanity into it yeah yeah, 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 and 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 because even black people are guilty of it. We have to think of another black person as not black to realize how fucked up we were treated. Like right. that's that's just how fucking insidious the poison is, you know. And mm-hmm. somebody even topped. I was proud of that analogy. Somebody topped mine because somebody brought up something that I, I thought was better than the one I gave. They said, "Can you picture if he was looking for a dog to kill because a dog bit?" Oh. Oh. You know white people. You know white people love dogs. Oh, they'll never forget. Oh man. Oh my god. Oh and, my and, god. And, yeah, a whole fucking week. But 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 back to the woman analogy, right? The idea. Picture on top of like having that thing. You start looking for women to scold for not forgiving the guy who wants to rape women. Goes well. You know, I don't think you're being fair. How dare you? Like like because they were getting indignant with me. They were like, you know. How dare you? Uh, you know, I guess no one can make a mistake. Like a pretty strong woman. I guess. Well, I guess no one can make a mistake. A guy wants to rape for a week. You know, wants to kill for a week, and you just gonna hold it against them. Like this feels so comfortable lecturing us. Like, like the audacity is just going it's to like, oh, man. I went around for a week looking for women to rape, and then I said, "What the hell am I doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, what? What? That's not good enough for you? Like God, just pulling the woman card oh, again. Man. You know, oh, yeah, you want to get mad at guys for wanting to rape? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, just and you know, doing stuff like you know, <laughs> just just that's why you know people uh, stay racist because they can't win. But just saying that to women, like I guess I, I guess we should rape women because uh, you don't forgive us for wanting to rape for right. a week. So you know, it's out of our hands. Like 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 in my dick goes. I can't. You know, you brought it on yourself for not exactly. for holding a grudge. Exactly. Yeah, it's fucking fucking insane. ridiculous. It's really and, fucking insane. Yeah, and, and what he apologized for, again, he apologized for 
seeking revenge. So it's almost like he's acting like he's the bigger person. Like, and it's like, no, you can't forgive someone who's not guilty. Like, like he's acting like he's forgave black people. Like he's saying like, you know, I realized revenge was wrong. Or he never said, I realized thinking all black men were responsible was wrong. He's st- right, because by, by the still- revenge, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, revenge is only against a guilty person. So you're still saying that right. all those black men that you came across counted as the guilty person. That's the very thought process behind Dylan Roof. That's mm-hmm. what Dylan Roof literally said when he went to that church. I have to kill you because you're raping all the white women. Yeah. That's what he literally said. You. So and, and use that in the in singular, like all of you. You yeah, are like one big nigga. You're the one men, big nigga. The elderly men, the young men, and the women. You are all yeah, yeah. raping white women. You. It's, it's that's that's a scary thought, man. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those women yeah. are giving birth to the black men who are raping the white women. So they're guilty too. Like you right. know what I mean? Like uh I'm not gonna inter- intersectionality makes you think like everybody's just one subgroup, like you know, black women are different than but to them, you're like you're giving birth to black men, you're hiding them from the police, you're you black woman, you're you're an accomplice. You're you're mm, only free mm, mm. to the degree that you are distancing yourself from black men. You're in right. this black church. You're sitting with black men. You are part of the rape squad. You right. know what I mean? You're you're the you're the enabler. And it's like it's actual. Like like it's way easier to make the jump from what Liam Neeson said to what Dylan Roof said because it's like literally the same the same thought cons- the thought process the same language almost. It's yeah. easier to make a jump from what he did to what those MAGA attackers of Jesse Smollett from Empire were about because they were going around doing some white supremacist shit. And, and for and, him and, and that, for them in that moment, he symbolized everything, you know, all the gay yeah. blacks, all the everything, all the gay niggers. He was all of them, you know. He, he, he's part of that white genocide. He's, <clears throat> he's, a, he's, a, big, yeah. he's a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And all you have for that is just making jokes it's like uh hey we should just have a big purge you white people y'all so crazy you know shit like that and you know this other guy is making some weird one-liner joke you know and but kevin hart that's that's the dude that's public enemy he's the one like we gotta get him out of there you know yeah just admit you're scared of white people like that's it white people (laughs) or that you love them so much that you know you love your your white lover so much that you want to protect your relationship with them at all costs so anything that's that's threatening to that you're going to attack that and for them straight black men are threatening to their relations with uh white gay males and even some yeah, of the or, some of the yeah. black women that that love dating white men. You know, I hate to take it back to that place, but I think a lot of this comes from that man. I think they see us as an obstacle for them to get with the people who they want to be with the most. Yeah, yeah. Right. Either by either by like association, like we're dragging them down, or we're actively blocking right. them somehow. But you know, it's like I said, like uh, in slave play, that was a very curious omission to me. Like the straight black man, like it was. Mm-hmm kind of like he was like non-existent he he um in their world he's just not there no and and, yeah. and then that, that's exactly how they would like it you know at least in terms of how they act and talk mm-hmm. you know about uh about straight black men it's uh it's a trip man but you know what man i had a situation that happened years ago man my wife had just given birth to my daughter right my second child and uh, i never will forget this um I pick him up from the hospital. We're driving home and she says she wants to stop by Starbucks and get a coffee. So I say, okay, fine. She gets out and I stay in the car with the baby. She goes into Starbucks and 
goes to get uh, whatever it was that she wanted to drink. So I'm in there with my newborn daughter. We're, I'm waiting on her. And she comes back and I could clearly see she's visibly shaken, right? I'm like, what's wrong? And then she doesn't say anything. She just gets in the car. I'm like, babe, what's wrong? And she says, um, man, some some guy just came up to me inside of the inside of Starbucks, man, and like really just like got all up in my personal space. I was sitting down in, in the seat because I was tired. And he literally just walked up and basically got right up on me and said, you're sitting in my seat. You need to move. And she says she looked around and it was basically the place was damn near empty. Right. And he comes right up to her, says, you need to move now, you know, basically menacing her. So she's like, OK, I'm OK. And she got up and she moves. And then he doesn't even sit in the seat where she was sitting. Right. What? Wow. Right. He didn't even sit there. So I'm enraged at this point. Right. So I'm like, who is you know, who is it? Who is it? You know, I'm pissed, you know, and she would not tell me. You know, because at that point, you know, I had just I was still on probation at that point. Let's just say that, I, you know, I yeah. had that case and I was still on probation. So she would not tell me who the guy was. So I stormed inside of Starbucks. I went in there. I'm looking around just to see if I can see anybody who looks like they might do some shit like that. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I didn't really see anybody. So I turned around. And I left back out of the place and I'm like, who was the guy? I was fixated on that particular person. It was a lot of white guys inside of Starbucks. I could have just went up to any one of them and molly whopped them. But I wanted to know the specific person that caused that harm to my wife. And she would not tell me. You know what I mean? So eventually I just had to leave because she she didn't want to tell me. Now, if I had Liam Neeson's thought process, you know, I would have just went up to whatever the first white guy I saw and beat the shit out of him. Right. Exactly. But I wanted a specific person who caused that specific harm. So even in the midst of the heat of the moment, I didn't think to myself, I'm the first white person I see. I'm going to fuck him up. You know what I mean? It was I wanted the guy. So my question for him is if it was just about revenge, why not seek the specific person who did the harm to her instead of that shows right there that it's a deeper seated thing with him versus just it being a personal thing about what happened to his friend. You know what and, I'm saying? And that's what's and that's what's so funny about what he said is he never even talked about even considering trying to find the original the actual guy <laughs> the person who did it right yeah 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 and, and then, then uh, it would make sense about the vengeance thing right i mean you can sort of get it at that point like you want a revenge for against the person who perpetrated that crime against your friend that makes sense a guy who's appeared on this show um from escape from plan a the podcast uh teen cheng um mm-hmm. You know, that um, Asian American themed podcast, Escape from Plan A, pretty good podcast. You should yeah, all check shout it out. Shout out to them. Yeah. yeah. He um, mentioned in a Twitter thread something that I thought was very good, which was, goes along with what you say, which I thought was kind of um, it's a scary thought, right? But this is what mm-hmm. he said. He says, How does he come out of this net positive? Like, I never wanted to beat up kids. If I wanted to and almost did, but never did it and then admitted that, how does that put me in a better position? There's something going on here. Racist violence as a normal desire like you know what i'm saying like yeah like like you have to believe that racist violence is a normal desire for mm-hmm. the idea of you just not doing it to make it a net positive like you know you know what i mean so it's yeah. like uh if there's five dollars laying on the counter you don't steal it and you know so, or if you find like a thousand dollars and it's unmarked and you turn in the money you know people be like oh that's extraordinary because they think wanting to keep the money is normal so 
what a lot of these people who are doing by acting like it's um such such an exemplary thing for him to have decided not to kill random black people as revenge is it was scaring me. I'm like, wow, there's a and a lot, some of these people were like liberals and leftists who were like trying to tell me to praise him. I was like, wow, it's very normal. Yeah. Even the people who don't do it, they still think it's normal to want, want to do it to everybody. That you the first I saw yeah. even a, a group thread where a black girl was saying the same shit. I think you sent me that thread. Yeah, yeah, there was a black girl doing it, but. I think she was just doing it because there's a certain type of person who just wants to praise black, praise white people and give mm-hmm. them a pass. So yeah, to me, it's just facts, that she was facts. just like, like I don't think because she was saying, "Oh, if I was, uh, if it happened to me and there was a biker or something or a white person, I'd be looking for random." I'm like, I'm like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be looking for any random white person. You're full of shit. Just, just shut up. You just want to defend white people. Like, you would not, you would not do it because right now you don't do shit to white people. White people have done shit to you. You're gonna tell me in your whole life, white people haven't done anything to you or somebody you know. And you're here tweeting. You haven't caught a case. Like, there's not a single black person that doesn't have, like, like you have an example of something happened to your wife. Every black person has an example of something that happened to somebody they know from a racist white person. So, so you can say all you want. I would have done the same in his shoes. No, you wouldn't because you haven't. Because you already were in his <laughs> shoes. Because right. don't tell me you were never in, in his shoes. You know, if you're tweeting from jail, I believe you. You know, if you beat a case right. or you escape detection, I believe you. But if you're talking about it as a hypothetical, you're full of shit. I don't believe you. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then he and then uh, team goes, um, I think while Neem Neeson is out of the closet with it, it's the failure of white people who sympathize with him, who see in him a flawed hero to realize that they perceive him that way because they share in his fantasy of racial vengeance. That's the problem. Not Neeson himself. The thought of the thought of he was young or it was so long ago or even well his friend was raped that is all giving it away Neeson apologists are saying i understand why he would go hunting for black men you know and uh yeah and again the fact that all these people have all this smoke for kevin hart they can't go after um they can't go after liam neeson the, the same energy they can't um go after um ed buck at all with the same energy. And one last thing, look at the video that I just put in a, um, the last thing I sent. Um, you see where it's, uh, this last tweet I said? That's, Jasmine Kinnick. Yeah, that same activist, the one that um, Iron Madison only interacted with her by Ed Buck to tell her, hey, um, we have a right to equate. He only engaged her by Ed Buck to double down on bashing Kevin Hart, not to actually get mad about Ed Buck, that woman. Um, she put up a video and it says, watch black LGBTQ activist Jerome Kitchen called a nigger and a monkey by a white man. And it's a gay white man after calling attention to lack of questions about public safety and the deaths of Gamel Moore and Timothy Dean at Ed Buck's home uh, during city council candidates forum in West Hollywood. Because a large group of people that look like me, clubs, spend money and live in this community. But you guys can't. Don't tell us that you got your substance because the monkeys all right. Oh my God, right. It's all I'm fucking winning all the time and stranding them in fucking nowhere with nowhere to go. 
Yeah, yo, that dude was. God damn. That was some serious gay racism. That dude was going in, and this is this is in response to a serial killer of black men being free. He's getting mad and racist at him for like, <laughs> like, like, like. It's like he's he's showing up at his house and tap dancing on his lawn. Like, like this is right. a guy who's, who's coming to. He's, and and he's I mean, he threw out all the stereotypes you, on welfare. You rape women. You do that. He just, wow. Yeah, yeah. And 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 what's funny is like he's he's doing it to a black gay guy. A white guy is doing it to a black gay guy. But the guy is at a city council candidates forum in the area where a serial killer of black gay men allowed to run free. Like where mm, else mm, is he mm. supposed to go? Like like that is the most correct place. To raise a uh, gripe, and they still don't want to hear from uh, black wow. people. And this is what you know, Saeed Jones and Iron Madison, and all these people who are have ended smoke for Ed Buck are not, you know, bringing up. Like, how, how could you not? How could this not be? This is just like a couple. This is January thirty first, two thousand nineteen. <laughs> a couple weeks and, ago. Yeah, and and you're still harping on something from ten years ago that uh, you know, which is again not to say what. Kevin Hart's jokes were like good, but it's come come on, have the same energy, have the same smoke. If and if you don't, then that's fine. But just be honest about your priorities. Why it is that you don't have that same yeah. energy? Beautifully yeah. stated, man. Beautifully yeah. stated. I, I'm, I just, I'm good. You can if you have anything else that you wanna uh, say, by all means. Uh, man, you know, just um, there seems to be a low tolerance level for black people who want to seek justice. You know, um, in whatever way they want to do it, you know, rather they want to take to social media, rather they want to protest, take to the streets, let people know what's going on. There seems to always be this low tolerance for it, even by other black people. You know what I mean? Even other black people. Oh, man, you know, you shouldn't do what you know, we can we can find some other way. It it just. Yeah. Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. When we take definitive action. Uh, you know, there's always this mass discomfort that seems to happen. Um, rather, you're talking about, you know, something as simple as what we just listened to here, where somebody's just raising awareness and asking questions in a city council meeting, or rather you're talking about, you know, large scale revenge, like what happened, um, you know, people's reactions to things like Django Unchained or Nat Turner's Rebellion or the Haitian Revolution. There's always this huge aversion to black people taking collective action to solve problems in society. And, uh, you know, I don't know what, when we're going to get to the point where we just make our moves and don't give a fuck about what outsiders think about it. But we're going to have to get to that place, man, or else we're going to just keep on going through the same shit, you know, and I'm getting tired of it. Yeah, I can't add anything to that. That's that's well said. That's a great way to end the episode. I'm so glad to have you back, man. We missed you. The, the people have been asking about you, you know. Oh, man. Thank you, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I hope you get used to the new hours <laughs> and everything. And, you know. Yeah, yes. And we can have you back on more often. And, yeah, that's, that's it for us. Good night, everybody. Good night, D. Thanks, T. Peace out, man. Thank you. Be good. You too.